Stone gets the puck after the drop. Petrangelo shoots, save, and a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson finds the puck in the slot, pots the rebound, and the Knights are back in the lead, 3-2. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Without it, oh, and a tip puck and a shot, they score! Michael Abadio, the Knights win it in overtime! 5-4 Vegas! A double overtime victory for the Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out inside the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Chris Chapman. Back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the. You heard it right. I am out at the Oyo Hotel and Casino Underground Lounge. I'll be hanging out here from 4 to 6 today for the VGK Insider Show. Cinco de Mayo specials are happening property wide. You got $10 Hornitos Plata Paloma. $12 Hornitos Reposado Margaritas, $8 Hornitos Plata Shots, Kentucky Derby specials are going on as well. Uh, Fantastic place to be. The atmosphere is always electric. Uh, North America's largest Hooters staring me in the face. I can see it right now. It's a fantastic place to be. Always free parking, $1 blackjack tables, only casino on the strip doing that. You got $2 Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultras. So it's a great place to soak up a winning atmosphere, to soak up a, a winning sensation, and you got that full value last night in the Vegas Golden Knights. They did a phenomenal job taking game number one over the Edmonton Oilers 6-4. to four. We're going to dig into that. We've got John Shannon. Uh, about 4.25 today. Hopefully we'll get Darren Millard in studio and on the program shortly as well. Then we've got Jamie Hirsch from the NHL Network. She's dropping by in hour number two, and we'll hear from Golden Knights president and CEO Kerry Boobles in hour number two as well. Big announcement today uh, surrounding the Vegas Golden Knights and how you'll be able to consume more Golden Knights hockey next season, the 2023-24 season. But we are in the mix of the playoffs. We are in the fold for the Vegas Golden Knights. Round number two opened up yesterday against the Edmonton Oilers and the Golden Knights take game one. It was one of those games where everything you heard about this series, everything that we talked about, everything I said in pregame, essentially happened, right? Like for the Golden Knights going into the series, what did Bruce Cassidy talk about? We accept that there's going to be some goal score. We're going to have to score to win the series. Laurent Brossois, what did he say when he was on the program with us earlier this week? The Edmonton Oilers are going to score their goals. We know that they're going to score their goals. And what ends up happening is the Edmonton Oilers go to a power play two and a half minutes into the game. They score a power play goal. And you're starting to sit there and say, okay, well, this Oilers team, that power play, it's going to be insurmountable. To me, the story of the game, and I'll bring Chris Chapman in here in a minute, the story of the game was the fact that the Golden Knights were able to respond within minutes when the Edmonton Oilers gained that momentum on the power play. We talked about it pregame. You're not necessarily going to be able to saw things off on the power play against the Oilers. They're so prolific that it's almost impossible. 
But the Golden Knights were able to saw it off yesterday. But really, it wasn't so much the fact that Vegas matched the power play goals that the Oilers put on the board. It's the fact that they responded 50 seconds after Leon Dreisaitl's first goal of the game. Ivan Barbashev scores a goal, and then the Golden Knights settle into their game. And then you go to the third period. Leon Dreisaitl scores his third goal of the game on the power play. And again, Ivan Barbashev answers a minute and one second later. To me... It was those momentum shifts, those swings that really allowed the Golden Knights to settle in, get themselves into a good spot. And that's where I really think they won the game last night, Chapman. Well, yeah, you, you talk about the response. And, and to, to be perfectly frank, I saw that first goal, which I thought the penalty was, was trash yeah. that they called on Nick Haig first off. And, and maybe that's just the Vegas guy in me talking. But I, I, I thought it was soft. And then Drysaddle scores, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, no, here we go. And then as soon as Barbashev scores, all of a sudden you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Things are, things are comfortable again. But the response by this team was so crucial to them winning this game last night. I think, I think Edmonton may not have expected them to respond not once but twice mm-hmm. in the manner that they did. And, I mean, you can't say enough about, about Ivan Barbashev. He's a guy who, who understands what it takes to win the most prized possession in all of hockey. He's done it. He's gone through it. And he was a guy that this team targeted. I remember we, when, when we heard Kelly McCrimmon talking about it, they watched him for about 50 games this year yeah. because he was a guy that they targeted early on. And, so, and and he's proven that that this team does their homework and 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 just it's a great move by them and the response was incredible. So you look at the game last night and the Edmonton Oilers. I would make the argument that it was not their their best game, right? I, I would make the argument that you know for the the Edmonton Oilers, I'm expecting them to be better in game number two on Saturday. And, and Chapman, if you can. Take a look and see if we can pull up Millard. Let me know if we've we've got him or, or if he can hear us or if we can talk to him. Uh, but, you know, the simple fact is I expect the Oilers to be better, but it was even a game where the Oilers got four goals from Leon Dreisaitl. And it's wild that it happened on back-to-back nights. Joe Pavelski scored four, and the Dallas Stars lose in overtime to the Seattle Kraken. Leon Dreisaitl scores four, and his Edmonton Oilers lose 6-4 to four to the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, it, it's a wild situation that that's the case. But then you look at the, the, the guys that put the puck in the back of the net for the Golden Knights. Two goals from Barbashev, Michael Amadio, Mark Stone, Chandler Stevenson. It was well-balanced, and that's been kind of the, the, the talking point going into this one. The balance of the Golden Knights versus the top-heavy elite offense of the Edmonton Oilers as we bring in Darren Millard. Darren, uh, you got me, right, buddy? Well, well, I think the game played out uh, exactly the way we anticipated it would and the way the yeah. series will go. There'll, yeah. there'll be ebbs and flows with each team's overall performance, but stars against depth, and you're going to have a lot of goals in every game, and it's going to be who can capitalize at the right time. I think the the biggest plus for Vegas last night, enabling them to pull out that victory, was the responses right after Edmonton goals. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that allowed the building to stay alive, allowed the atmosphere, uh, the emotion on the bench, the confidence on the bench, confidence in goal uh, to remain alive. But if if 
if you're looking at wins and losses and whether you feel good about your game, uh, when you lose, you don't feel as good. When you win, you feel good. And if Vegas had have lost that game, they would have rude giving up uh, too much time and space to the power play uh, of the Oilers and to the superstar uh, of the Edmonton Oilers. That didn't turn out to be the case, so they feel better about it. Uh, and Edmonton needs more production from throughout their lineup. That's always been a situation for them. Uh, and when it doesn't happen, they ask for it. But on the surface, for game number one, that, that result... Uh, you can debate, but the overall performance of the game delivered exactly as anticipated. Yeah, I, I, you know, before you came on here, it's kind of exactly what I was saying. I think the responses after the Oilers got a little bit of juice going early on the power play from Dreisaitl, and then certainly in the third period when, when Dreisaitl scores the hat-trick goal on the power play, the response from Vegas was really where I believe they were able to take the game over. And you know, I thought the last five, six minutes of the game when, when you know, you got to find a way to, to make some stops. You can't allow the Oilers to live in your zone. I thought the Golden Knights were really good in defending there. Uh, the Golden Knights played one of their best games uh, of the series. Uh, oh, sorry, of the, of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, they've now won five in a row, but there's in, in some of those there's been uh, really good results. But in game number three, uh, Winnipeg came back and managed to force overtime go back a game and it was vegas having to hold on in the first period and a great play by lauren brisbois before they got to their level and were able to take control uh, and it, certainly in the clinching game uh, it was winnipeg with the goaltender pulled which was able to to make a push late last night like there wasn't too many times where uh, the edmonton oilers were able to establish shift over shift zone time yeah. which is uh, much different, and people will be saying, hey, we, we saw uh, some pressure by the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, uh, but you saw it from uh, the, the top guys uh, in McDavid and Dreisaitl or when, when one of them was on the ice when, if they weren't together. But there wasn't a lot of shift-over-shift shift momentum uh, for, the, uh, for the Edmonton Oilers in that game, and that was a byproduct of Vegas being really good uh, in taking care of the puck and being able to be tidy in the neutral zone and have a dynamic forecheck that that I'm convinced took the Edmonton Oilers by surprise. Coming off the game uh, in the series against the Los Angeles Kings, that was like cold water in the face, uh, facing that type of forecheck that the Golden Knights uh, offered up. Put uh, Edmonton on their heels a little bit, made them defend a little bit more, and uh, Vegas was able to cause turnovers, cause disruptions, and score goals uh, both off the rush but off their forecheck as well and create opportunities off the forecheck and cause distress, uh, which uh, which was more of a complete game, uh, which makes it sound odd given that they, they surrendered four goals. Yeah. But I was, I was pretty impressed with what Vegas did last night from a 60-minute standpoint. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, again... You look at the four goals, and it was even funny last night when Bruce Cassidy addressed the media. He said, I, I thought we did defend really well. Yep. And that's that gives you an idea of how elite the Edmonton Oilers are at the power play and how good their top-end high-skill players are. Leon Dreisaitl put four on the board in a game where I thought the Golden Knights did a really good job defending the Oilers. Well, Connor McDavid uh, didn't get the four-goal game. But there was moments last night where you're just like, wow. And you're saying it over and over. Your, your jaw slacked. 
eyes bulged going that is a different planet that's not uh, that's not the same species that lives anywhere else on this earth <laughs> and uh, then you've got dry that's uh, so creative and so smart uh, being able to do it when those two players are on the ice uh, together or separately they're going to take control that's just a a, a fact of life uh, in the national hockey league that they're going to uh, they're, they're just so much better than any other player in the national hockey league or the world in general of our sport mm -hmm. uh, but when you are going against them or you get the puck you got to be responsible with it and that's where uh last night we saw different plays uh where maybe early in the season you wouldn't have saw the right plays made because you would want to be trying to generate something or make an extra move uh and it would lead to a turnover they were really really responsible with the puck and that led to uh different uh, facets of the game falling into place yeah you you already mentioned the four check which i think for the golden knights was really uh, a difference maker you, you start to force some of those decisions on on the edmonton oilers side and you, you can hem them in you can uh, extend some some plays extend some some shifts and and i thought that's kind of where the golden knights had had an advantage on that five on five the golden knights at least through the first two periods were definitely the better team um, and then, you know, I, I look at a couple of different things like you, you mentioned McDavid and, and what he's able to do and and how good he is. But there were some great defensive plays. William Carlson, a couple of strips, Michael Amadio getting in, helping out, making sure that McDavid doesn't burn you in some situations. And then obviously one of the biggest plays of the game happens with just about 30 seconds left. Jack Eichel strips Connor McDavid and scores an empty net goal to ice the game like those are the types of plays where everyone's on board playing the right way that's what you need to win well those are must-haves though yeah. and you you have to follow him up with another great play and another great play because he's not going to stop he's unrelenting uh, with his pressure and some of it is a uh, good fortune some of it is strategy and some of it is just being in the the right place at the right time and it just works out for you uh, there's there's an element of good fortune when you're facing a player like that and uh, nobody should be insulted by that fact it's just simple reality when you're playing Connor McDavid and you watch him live and, and the pressure that he puts on you or Leon Dreisaitl or on that power play uh, that, that that comes uh, out of it uh, the, the Golden Knights were prepared it still took some really solid defensive efforts to make sure that they were able to hold them at bay five on five and that's going to have to be followed up with another incredible defensive performance being on the right side of the puck uh, more times than not on Saturday night and then when the series shifts to Edmonton because that kind of pressure isn't going away until you break their will which Vegas did against the, the, the Winnipeg Jets. Or you get them frustrated to the point where they're off their game, they're trying to do too much, and they're the ones that are, are stepping outside their game. Uh, it's a while before you get to that in this series, where that was a heck of a first start. Now, uh, Edmonton will say and has said <laughs> that they were not nearly as good as they need to be last night. Yeah. And I thought some of that portrayal uh, was similar to what we heard from the Vegas Golden Knights standpoint after the series opener against the Winnipeg Jets. I don't see it like that. Uh, yeah. Vegas was far off its game 
uh, emotionally and physically in that opener. And there's reasons why. All the newness and different players coming back in the lineup and uh, a, a lot of moving parts in that game. I thought last night the Oilers' issues in that game had to do with, uh, one, being short-staffed. They were down to 10 forwards relatively early in that game, yeah. so they had to restructure some stuff. Uh, even though it put their great players on the ice more, maybe maybe even more than they anticipated through the first 40 minutes. The other part was I thought Vegas forced Edmonton into those uncomfortable situations more than Winnipeg did against Vegas. Vegas owned that game one of the first round wasn't up to snuff. Vegas put Edmonton in a bad spot last night as much as Edmonton wasn't up to par. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think for for the Golden Knights, it, it was certainly a game where I think they had an impact on the Edmonton Oilers not looking or playing their best. And you know the 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 important thing is that now you just you have to continue to to build on that if you're the Golden Knights as you've mentioned Darren like the the Oilers aren't going to slow down you're you're not going to get Connor McDavid to just kind of pack it in you might be able to frustrate these that duo you might be able to frustrate Drysaitel and McDavid but the fact of the matter is you have to continue with the effort and you have to continue with the way that Vegas played last night in order to beat this hockey team because you're, you're going to have to take away the things that they do well and and make them make them defend a little bit more. Well, this is nothing new for Edmonton either. Edmonton doesn't win the first game of a series. Yeah. That that's a simple fact. That it hasn't happened since 2017. Edmonton falls behind one nothing in every series that they play. So dropping the opener is, okay, now the series is ready to start. That, that's the way they're looking at it. We, we, we could have won it. We should have won it because one of our players scored four goals, but we didn't. We've been in this position over and over, uh, including uh, uh, a year ago uh, when we went to the conference final, including this year in, in the first round. So uh, they, they, they're comfortable or uh, used to this, this situation. The opportunity for Vegas is make them pay for that yeah. and and come out and try to take a, a 2 nothing series lead uh, on Saturday night. Can you follow it up with the same type of performance? What kind of adjustments uh, will you have? Uh, we, we, we talked at length about the, uh, the, the power play for Edmonton, yeah. how Vegas was going to defend that, uh, how Vegas was going to uh, take advantage of of their own opportunities with a scouting report on Stuart Skinner. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was looking at it. The, the shots were going in on Stuart Skinner in the first period. He was really good in the final 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, very, very effective. But in the first period, that was totally uh, down the middle uh, of the lane of what uh, I was able to tell you from uh, my buddy Kevin Woodley uh, on, on where, where the advantages were on Stuart Skinner. Uh, it was, uh, he has his fingers up uh, uh, on his glove hand, so he's uh, vulnerable, low, low glove, and you can beat him from 25 feet away. Yeah. And, and Vegas uh, had opportunities, and they took a lot of shots in those situations. Some in the second period, they missed the net, uh, and, and uh, I was like you got to take advantage of those, at least force them to make a save in that situation, and that uh, that will be addressed uh, a little bit. And the, the margin for error is so small uh, when you've got elite athletes like this. But uh, they took advantage of the goaltending side. And on the on the penalty kill, I, I realize Edmonton scored a couple of times, yeah. but I saw some real, real building blocks uh, out of that. Uh, Mark Stone slipping back and basically – 
taking away any opportunity on Dreisaitl on a one-timer, uh, uh, take away the first goal where they missed an assignment, it was really effective in mm-hmm. negating Dreisaitl uh, on that front, which was an adjustment, which was uh, the the video and the preparation for the for the Vegas Golden Knights penalty killers. And the second power play that they scored, like that's, that's just a broken play rebound, uh, which has nothing to do with structure or technical preparation. That's that's Rob the Green. So uh, I, I would say the, the the penalty killers from facing that top power play did a pretty good job last night. Even though they allowed a couple of power play goals uh, against, I I think there's some confidence to be gained on a couple of different fronts uh, in in that opener in which you do uh, you're able to win the game, which is the most important part. But to be able to have other things follow up on it. And to be able to be uh, confident in your game going forward, there, there's some stuff to like there. I thought the Golden Knights did kill the penalties pretty well. I, I mean, the Oilers are going to find their plays. They're going to they're going to make their plays. And as you mentioned on, you know, Leon Drysaddle's hat trick goal, it's just a really good play in front of the net from Zach Hyman to kind of be able to find that puck and get it over to Drysaddle for the tap in. But I, I I do think the Golden Knights have the ability to slow down the conversion rate of the Edmonton Oilers when it comes to their power play and I think there's even opportunity for the Golden Knights to maybe find some shorthanded chances some offensive rushes there were a couple of just barely missed plays where the Golden Knights could have turned uh, the the puck down the other way so I I think that the building blocks are there and then the fact of the matter is the Golden Knights scored a power play goal and and you you two actually two yeah exactly the empty netter for Jack Eichel was a power play goal the power play was a wash last night you saw it off and and we talked about it pregame right how how many goals, how many power play goals do the Golden Knights have to come up with in order to mitigate what the Edmonton Oilers do on the man advantage? Right now, they're able to wash it. They get a win. That's the most important thing, but I'm encouraged by what I saw in game number one. Yeah, there's. I, I'm, I'm a ways away from uh, leaning into the shorty chances and, and having opportunities going the other way. Uh, it'd be great to have, and there were uh, different opportunities to, to potentially uh, create uh, chances in that regard, but, uh, but I'm, I'm not even looking uh, at that, and that's my blinders on, focused on the, the first and foremost, uh, and might be... Uh, a, a criticism of me uh, and, and not opening that, that realm and that avenue uh, a little bit. Uh, I also I, I, I liked uh, what I saw from an ice time perspective. Uh, I liked uh, the compete level. Uh, I liked uh, some of the emotion that we saw last night. Uh, we also uh, witnessed uh, an Edmonton Oilers club. And this, this two-day break, uh, there is there is some talk about uh, that it's going to favor this team or that team. Uh, there, there's no doubt that the two-day break favors the Edmonton Oilers based on what they did with the, with their ice time last night. Dreisaitl and McDavid played nine minutes in the third period. They were down yeah. to ten forwards uh, throughout the game when Janmark uh, was injured and left wobbly. Uh, the, that's an obscene amount of ice time for elite players who are pushing the pace <laughs> like that. Uh, and they're, they're, it wasn't crazy total numbers. Uh, but nine minutes in the third period when they're chasing the game, even if they would have tied it, I'm not sure how much they would have had left uh, going forward. But uh, I, I, the, the, the power play goals that Vegas scored, one was an empty netter, but the, power, the first goal, the power play, that was a great confidence builder and an indicator too to be able to come right back. Uh, there's, there is a, there's a few different things. Bressois didn't think the game was as close as the score indicated. Mm-hmm. It felt close to me because... 
uh, even though there was a couple of tool advantages, uh, it was it was always being pulled back uh, by Edmonton, and you've got those two players where it always does feel like it's one play away uh, from from getting there. But uh, under that type of pressure, there was no indication of being intimidated or panicky uh, on the Golden Knights uh, side of it. And I would put their puck play when with possession right up there as important as defending their their ability to generate chances and opportunities five on five was was really impressive and you wouldn't have been able to tell that that was the the same team as earlier games against the Edmonton Oilers with their poise no you couldn't have but again the Golden Knights I think have been building and building and you know what, this is, it was a solid game one. Now you've just got to find a way to, to bring the same level of play into game number two when I, I would expect the Edmonton Oilers to be better than they were in game one. You would think that they would be and see what adjustments Vegas makes. And I told you yesterday, this is going to be far more cat and mouse than the Winnipeg-Vegas series. Where one team's going to make an, a switch and you're going to have to adjust to it. And then uh, Vegas will have to make uh, a switch based on how they were able to counter uh, the Oilers' power play. Edmonton's going to switch things up. Uh, I think Saturday will be not starting over, but will be one of those interesting things that both coaches will be watching to see how the other squad handles the different uh, change in in the approach. Uh, we've got uh, a busy one for you uh, coming up today. Jamie Hirsch is going to join us from the NHL Network. Uh, John Shannon stopping by from the Bob and Cowan podcast, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada. And Kerry Bubles, president of the Vegas Golden Knights, off a significant announcement today regarding the future of the Vegas Golden Knights television broadcast, uh, which uh, I'm involved in. Uh, looking forward to visiting with Kerry and giving you all an opportunity to hear what exactly is in store when we return with the regular season of the regional broadcast, the local broadcast of the Vegas Golden Knights in the fall. Uh, Take a break and we'll come back. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. It's like a meeting that John and I used to have before we go on the air. That, That summed up the chaos of it where he just say just just be simple keep it simple and i'd have all these little quips and lines and and comparisons and analogies going he say just keep it simple and we go back and forth uh here's john shannon co-host of the bob mccown podcast former executive producer of hockey night canada joining darren millard and ryan wallace uh, you're, you're not going to argue with me there that's exactly how it was wasn't it well you know what you know what i also used to tell you was if you were supposed to be that funny, you'd be in Vegas. And look what happened. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. And, and and you probably feel a little bit ashamed trying to hold me back all those years when I end up in Vegas. Ashamed was not the word I was going to use. Here. <laughs> uh, let's get to the game in a second uh, because your background is, uh, is as an analyst and as a TV Guru, uh, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, uh, yeah. twice over. Uh, big announcement in Vegas today with Scripps Sports and becoming the television home uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, give me an idea from your 30,000 feet uh, of this uh, announcement. Well, here's the deal. Um, in the end, there's there are all these games that need to be broadcast. 
and on the other end, there is a great consumer base that demands to see the games. Uh, and really what we're dealing with in this scenario, as we are with ever, any scenario, is how do we get the games to the public? And in so many ways, uh, what has happened in the last 25 years in North America is that we have limited games to people because of cable television and subscription. This, to me, is a, a little bit of back to the future, but in many ways it's going to introduce Golden Knights hockey to a larger audience. Uh, to a, and if you can grow the audience, you're going to grow the business. And I, I think that in many ways, just like we saw with the Phoenix Suns and basketball last week, uh, I think we're going to see more of this over the next few years uh, in both countries. That this this is just logical, uh, based on trying to make sure you can get your content to your consumer. So you talked to Gary Bettman, and I think it's for tomorrow's episode, is it right? Yeah, yeah. What what's his take on the changing of the landscape? Uh, he thinks there's going to. He thinks that it's a natural progression. Um, he thinks that it's an evolution. He called it back to the future himself. Uh, and, but he also was very practical to say that there are going to be short-term, there might be a little short-term um, hiccups for teams who won't make as much money, but in the long run, it could be a, a very advantageous scenario for hockey-related revenue, and we're all worried about that when the players get 50%, and it all has to deal with what the salary cap's going to be. But um, this is a very good opportunity, I think, that, to see where um, there can be some, some level of growth within the broadcast world because we've, we've been so conventional for so long, Darren. You know, things have gone from local TV to cable TV to network cable TV, and now we're seeing a morphing of what the business is supposed to be like. There's an opportunity there where I think four years ago we would have been surprised that there was an opportunity beyond what was the standard. And I don't think there was any urgency to do anything but the standard. And I right. think that, that people just thought, well, that's what happens. It, it, and, and, you know, the hockey club, I, haven't, I don't see the numbers. I don't, I'm not aware. But the hockey club is taking a bit of a risk here. Uh, in hoping to try to um, invite more fans in Nevada and in Utah and Montana and Wyoming, as Bill Foley talked about today, uh, to enjoy the games. And, and in the end, in the long term, that might help. More specific information with Kerry Bubles, president of the Vegas School tonight, is coming up in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. How it affects you, the viewer uh, of the Vegas School tonight, when you watch them on television. Uh, we're with John Shannon, uh, co-host of the Bob McCown podcast, who has Gary Bettman on the program. You can watch that tomorrow, YouTube, all wherever you get your podcasts uh, with the commissioner of the National Hockey League. You know Edmonton, you know Vegas very well. Uh, where they like. Edmonton scored four goals last night, so this idea that they weren't on the game at all uh, really rubs me the wrong way. But where did you see last night falling in? Well, that was a that was a Vegas Golden Knights game. That wasn't an Edmonton Oilers. Game. 
the, the, the Oilers made a ton of mistakes. They made a ton of mistakes in their own zone. Uh, they didn't spend very much time or enough time in front of uh, Laurent Boisois. Um I, I think in the end, the Golden Knights dictated play from opening face-off. And, and Leon Dreisel, yeah, four goals, yeah. He got four goals, but there was a handful of players for the Edmonton Oilers that contributed to their success against Los Angeles um, that must have been somewhere else on the strip because they weren't at the arena. Um, and and I, I thought that every one of the Golden Knights did contribute. So this was a Golden Knights game right from the beginning, and, and what we're going to see now is if what the Oilers can adapt to that. Well, a lot of times the narrative becomes what you yourself did in defeat, that you didn't put up enough of a performance. And uh, If I'm the Golden Knights, I'm like, we, we played a really good game. We caused that disruption uh, by uh, by putting the Edmonton Oilers on their heels, uh, and, and they deserve uh, some credit with that. Uh, I realize that you and I are looking at this from, from two different angles, but that's my viewpoint on it, that, that they caused Edmonton to not be as good. Yes, but but just like when you uh, when when you're you know in the in the studio and trying to bully guys around, yeah, it's, it's action reaction. You yep. know that this is our this is an action reaction sport in so many ways. I do one thing. How do you how do you contradict, contradict that? How do you find a way to to push back? You know, push back in hockey is so important. The Oilers did not push back. This you're being in a was it, a, it was a Golden Knights game. There was no question about that. You know, there, this was a night that even though the score looked close, the, the score wasn't close. I mean, the fact that twice the Oilers scored a goal and within, what, was it 46 yeah. seconds and a minute one, the Golden Knights came back and scored? That's action-reaction, and that told you that one team could... One team could make things happen but the other the other team could be totally involved and convinced that it could take over and that's that's really in my mind what happened the oilers um with all their firepower were not near as effective leon dreisaitl was brilliant he was brilliant i thought connor was fine oh connor look really good well you'll ever i don't think you can ever complain the effort of either of those two guys ever but I do think that if you're looking at the if you're looking at the roster, you're wondering, you know, uh, how was Zach Hyman last night? Uh, how was Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Last Evander night? Kane was nowhere. I thought, actually I didn't mind Evander really? Kane. I think he tried, but you know he can't do it by himself uh, when you're trying to be physical. And you know the other thing is that the Oilers again action reaction. The Oilers are going to have to find a way to combat that great Golden Knights forecheck. Because that was really, I mean, that forecheck put so much pressure on the Oilers' defense. That was really, in many ways, the difference in the game. Second straight game at uh, T-Mobile Arena. We've heard uh, the talk of pushback by the opposition. Rick Bonus uh, in round number one. And uh, now John Shannon talking about the Oilers' uh, response or lack thereof last night. Uh, John Shannon with us on the VGK Insider Show. Ryan? Yeah, so I, I guess that kind of you know leads to the obvious question of, of what type of adjustments are you expecting to see from the Oilers and uh, Jay Woodcraft going into game number two? Well, I, I, I think that, you know, that what's happened with the Oilers in, in so many ways this year, they have learned so much. 
they lost game one against the Kings and, and, and you know, won game two quite convincingly, in my opinion. Um, so from, from that perspective, this team has adapted to scenarios. Uh, I think they're going to have, they obviously have to find a way to clean up their, and I'm not a, I'm not a technical guy at all, as Darren will tell you, their zone exit. How do you get the puck out of your own zone so that that, that Golden Knights forecheck isn't near as effective as it was last night? That becomes the big part. Once you get the puck out of the zone, you know, this team, the Oilers can move the puck up efficiently. The other thing was that Laurent Boissois had no traffic in front of him. There was nobody bugging him very much all night long. So that becomes a, a huge part of this as well, is how, how do you distract the, the Golden Knights goaltender? Because the Golden Knights did a massive job against Stuart Skinner, I thought, in, in, in getting in his way. But they have, you know, they, there's something to be said for the aggressive play of all four lines of the Golden Knights. That wasn't the case. There wasn't aggressive four lines for the Edmonton Oilers. John Shannon is with us. We used to call them breakouts. Remember back yeah, in the know. day? Yeah, I know. Now it's I, zone exits. The vernacular of the game has gone so bizarre to me. I'm, I, I'm, I get mixed up every once in a while. Dump it in. Chip it in. I, there's, yeah. there's all kinds of uh, different, uh, different but, but zone exits and breakouts. I, mean, oh. I don't know where well, the where the zone yeah. exits came from. And, and when I was a kid, there was no such. If you had said neutral zone, we wouldn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was called center ice. Right, right. You know, between or be, or how about this? Between the blue lines. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a play-by-play dream right there. Yeah. I can hear I mean, it. There are, there's about 23 words that we have ruined the game with. Here's my here's my other one that I hate so much. Right, watch two I hate. Active sticks. Oh my god, that's awful. And <laughs> time and space. Yeah. It, when you the moment you start talking about time and space, I start thinking about Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> you know, time and space. And I, then I look around for William Shatner. You know, so it's unbelievable. What what makes a good active stick uh, or a bad active stick? What's the difference there? Uh, chili peppers? I don't know. Okay. I, 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 have, I have no idea. John Shannon By the way, with us. Uh, Florida scores 2-1 now. You're in the center of the universe. What's it like? Uh, it's okay. Again, uh, there's no nervousness because they lost the first game against Tampa, too. So they should be fine. They'll play a better game tonight be just so interesting to have them not respond after finally getting over the hump. Uh, not that I cheer against anybody uh, at all. I'm just uh, following storylines. Uh, Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace with John Shannon on the VGK Insider Show. Ryan? Uh, you know, John, I mean, this is kind of a, a thread that we've been pulling all throughout the playoffs when it comes to the Golden Knights, and that's Jack Eichel and his kind of continued evolution in his first run through the playoffs. Obviously makes a, a nice play at the end of the game, stripping Connor McDavid. And, and scoring that empty net goal, like is, is that one of the bigger moments, a, a big moment in the career of Jack Eichel? Uh, it, it, I don't know about big moment, Ryan. I, I would call it a little bit of poetic justice hmm. more than anything else. But when you I, actually, when I first saw it from a distance, I thought it was Mark Stone, and then when I replayed it and said it, it was Eichel, I mean that to me. Um, it's a big compliment. He said, "Wow, that yeah. that 
if you're a, if you're an Eichel fan, if you're a, a Vegas fan, when you think that the the growth of Connor McDavid from 2015 and and the ups and downs that Jack has had, um, that to me was a cool moment to look at, uh, and could easily be played up uh, from a from a storyline thing. Is that at least for that glimmer, that you know, five seconds, Eichel beat the best player in the game. So now you're going uh, to game number two. What do you expect from Vegas? Uh, I expect them to be more physical. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I expect to take the body more. You know, I, I, I think that that's, that's the one thing that I think Vegas does have an advantage over the Oilers right now. Be more physical. Um, and the, here's the other thing. And this is something that if you don't watch Vegas a lot uh, and you tuned in, I think you were amazed how fast they were. Now, I don't think you guys are because you yeah. see them play all the time. But Vegas is a fast team, particularly in transition. And I, 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 think, I think that that's something that it wouldn't have caught the Oilers off guard, but I think that when you think how fast the Oilers are, I think Vegas is just as fast. Now if Vegas is, just as, is more physical... I think that might change the complexion a little bit. But there's not much different that I would do. I, the forecheck is, is really good. Making sure Brassois sees everything is, is good. I mean, Alex Petrangelo, Alec Martinez doing what they always do. Braden McNabb, even though we know he's a little hurt playing and doing what he does. Jay Theodore doing what he does. There's lots of positives for, for the Golden Knights. And if they play a similar game that they uh, played on uh, on game one and in game one, um, then it, then the Oilers are in for another challenge, and it's going to be a tough night. I don't like talking about it uh, because both teams have to deal with it in highs and lows, but uh, because the power play is such a big story in this, uh, can you give me a one-word answer on what you thought of the officiating last night? Equal. Yeah. It's fair. You know, equal. Interference no, penalties, it's not a lot of those, that which was, you don't usually see that. But yeah, 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 I, I'm I mean, with you on that. I, I thought there was a, a good mix of it. I, don't, I didn't have a – I tell you what, I, I, of all the games that I've watched late, I did not yeah. have an issue. I didn't either. With, uh, with officiating last, last, last game. I mean, I thought it was fine. You know, it, 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 if you walk – you know, if you're a Golden Knights fan, you walk out of the arena, you're going to complain about the officiating win or lose. You are. Well, but because of the power play is such an impact that it, it's going to have an influence. And even though both teams scored in the power play last night, I, I thought that you could you could be happy with the way uh, the game was called. Yeah, but, but in so many ways, you, you know, when, when, when you think about nine goals being scored, in the end, um, you know, the punch-counter-punch the, the, the punch that both teams did to each other it, it's not necessarily every power play that counts. It'll be the last one that counts. Mm-hmm. The one that, you know, it's 5-4 it's in the third period and you get a power play. It's that one that counts. So don't worry about the statistics that, go, that appear in, in you know, period one or period two. Just make sure that the, the power play that you need to kill, you do kill. I love it when you give me the sage advice, uh, John Shannon. Well, you know what, if you're that funny... <laughs> You'd be in Vegas. You'll be coming to see my show soon. Oh, I guarantee man. it. <laughs> I'm not. I think. I. I don't think you'd be on this. I think you'd be off strip. 
know, you might. What's that? What's the name of that casino up on the way to St. George? <laughs> oh, you might be up there. Uh, like in Mesquite? <laughs> yeah, up in Mesquite. Yeah, you might yeah. be at that one. You know, and you might the way the Vegas sec- used to be. You might be in the secondary room, too. Uh, it was, uh, over you might at, be in the, in the smoker's room, you know? <laughs> I tell you what, I was at Circuit today. What a fabulous place that is. Uh, just all kinds of uh, cool stuff. Uh, we got to get over there when next time you come to town. Uh, thanks, John. We'll chat with you next week when we get uh, into this series and see what kind of storylines develop there. I'll talk to you soon, boys. Oh, one more thing. You forgot to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. By the way, good luck, George. <laughs> so, what is George going to do on the extra day? Holy smokes. He'll go for a, You know what he'll do, Darren? He'll what? go for a bike ride. That's ah, he'll yeah, go yeah. For a nice bike ride. You're right. Uh, he is a great cyclist. He, that, that man is fit like crazy. Uh, I aspire to be George McPhee uh, when I grow up. Uh, Have John a great Shannon. day, George. <laughs> John Shannon with us, the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, co-host of the Bob McCallum Podcast. We'll set up hour number two as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. It's one of the most recognizable pieces of music worldwide. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. You know what that is. Here comes Darth. Yep. It's, it's unbelievable. May the 4th, uh, that's what we got uh, going. And whoever came up with that, uh, yeah, I, I'm jealous because it's so darn obvious. I yeah. should have thought of it. It's one didn't. of those things where where you think it, when you hear a good joke and you're like, ah, why can't I think of that? May the fourth, like who 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 doesn't come up with that? It's staring us right in the face. Uh, thank you, Chris Chapman. Uh, we've got uh, catching up with Chapman in hour number two. Kerry Bubbles is going to join us, president of the Vegas Golden the Knights. Uh, talk a little bit about the relationship uh, and the new agreement with Scripps Sports uh, when it comes to the television partner of the Vegas Golden Knights and what that means to you as the viewer watching the games, uh, whether it be home or on the road, what people can expect. And Jamie Hirsch is coming up, plus one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Our number two of the VGK Insider Show coming your way as we digest the Golden Knights taking game one of the second round series against the Edmonton Oilers. I have a take on the offensive side of the game, and it's not the Oilers that I'm talking about. We'll be right back.